the Very Serious Crafts Podcast is now on Patreon. Head on over to patreon.com slash seriouscrafts to support our podcast and get early access to episodes, find out about our unfiltered Patreon-only off-week episodes, and more. We'll be glad to have you! Yes, please! You're listening to the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. We're very serious crafters, and we craft very serious crafts. Very serious. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 7 of the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. I'm Haley from Red Handled Scissors. I'm Heidi from Hands Occupied. And I'm Molly from Wild Olive. Today, we'll be talking about latch hook haircuts. Heck yeah! (laughs) Murderous lace. And DMC meets perler beads. Cool. I'm so excited about all of those things. I know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Should be good. Yeah. So this week in um, pandemic-related needs must, uh-huh. I fixed my desk chair in full MacGyver fashion using zip ties, fabric glue, and skirt elastic. Intriguing. And yeah, and now it no longer needs light bondage. <laughs> it's actually I was does gonna, not roll across. I was going to ask because I, I I wasn't sure if the the repair was like to the cushions or the covers or if it was the stopping it from escaping from your desk. <laughs> it, it was yes. It, it for those of you who do not know, my my chair has historically, and by historically I mean for years, practiced light bondage because. Our floors are uneven, and it just rolls to the inside of the apartment, which is not the direction it needs to roll for me to be, say, working at my desk. (laughs) And so (laughs) I made several improvements to this chair, um, and now it it does not. Would you say you whipped it into shape, Haley? Oh, boy. Okay, Okay, this is a terrible start, you guys. Terrible. Yes. I um I was gonna make a dominatrix joke and won't. So anyway, yeah, I, I am definitely the boss around here. Okay. This was not the conversation topic I was expecting. <laughs> I no. Really I wasn't either. I was going to make cute MacGyver jokes. <laughs> but we've all been locked inside for a really long time, so <laughs> there yes, you go. That yeah. is so true. Okay. (laughs) Well, on a more wholesome note. (laughs) I had trail mix for breakfast because no rules. It's a pandemic. That sounds great. All right, I'm done. (laughs) Well, on a more wholesome note. um... (laughs) Come on, it was very wholesome. All consensual. Well, Ed and I, (laughs) my husband and I finished our move last week. And if you've been Yay. listening since last season, thank goodness. It's been the, we were on the market for six and a half months with our place that we were selling. It's closed, hallelujah, et cetera. Feeling great, very Ooh. grateful. But the yeah, thing that I hadn't totally realized was happening was like a humongous percentage of my like brain processing space was being wasted, just dedicated to anxiety about moving and all that junk. Right. And so the nice thing about that is when you have the moment a few days after all that stress ends, when you're like, I have ideas for projects again. Yes. So 
It's been very exciting for someone with a brain prone to depression. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. We relate. Yeah. Uh-huh. Especially right after finishing the book when you're like a big project, when you're like, oh yeah. my goodness, I can't do anything. I used all my juice. All of it. No, I am so excited for you because that has been happening for so long. It's so boring, yeah. too. Like, it's so boring. Yeah. Nobody cares. <laughs> like... <laughs> It's stressful, but it's, it's not even terribly engaging. And it's time consuming. Like, and, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Very grateful though. I'm very so paperwork yeah. done and dusted. Yep. Done and yep. dusted. Had to go to a skyscraper, but I masked up and it'll be fine. <laughs> yes, it will be fine. Yep. I'm that yuck. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um. Well. I, the <laughs> I don't I don't really have anything particularly exciting like that going on. I don't have I don't have um, <laughs> chairs that are into weird things, and I I'm not moving. But um, <laughs> the other day, uh, one of our listeners, Connie, was mentioning that she I think she said she was at work, and all of a sudden her phone. <laughs> started playing our podcast you guys saw this but like yes she said that like it was just like randomly played but it was like really loud and i was the i was the opening uh speaker patreon mention and she said i started basically yelling at her but to the point where it startled her and she like turned around was like molly like i was gonna be in the room and I I would just like to publicly apologize, Connie. I did not <laughs> intend to scare you or yell at you or anything, but no, thank that's you. my job. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for training your phone to listen to us even when you aren't meaning to. So yeah. yes. That, that, yes, we we appreciate that. It. made all of us laugh for sure. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we all really needed that story. So uh-huh. thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's like I mean it it's like butt dialing, but with a podcast, I guess. It's probably. <laughs> and podcasts, like, the podcasts you listen to, you know these people. Even if you've never met them, like, you n- you know them. Yeah. And so I can totally see. Uh, I frequently uh, am trying to tell someone something and be like, oh, my friend told me, wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a podcast told me. Um and so I just feel like the rule is you just are friends. There you go. Yep. There, there's nothing that can be done about it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Hi, Connie. <laughs> We're all friends now. Hey, girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. That was so good. <laughs> so um, we want to give a shout out to some new serious friends of the Very Serious Crafts podcast who are now supporting us at patreon.com slash serious crafts. Many thanks to Debaya, Susie, Amber, and Rosanna. You're the best. And if we mispronounce your name, feel free to correct us. We love you. Yes. So I have this book from 1936 called Live Alone and Like It. And I think I may have mentioned it before. It's by Marjorie Hillis. I, I have not heard of this book yeah, before, what? but I I like this title. Of course you have this book. Okay. So it's by Marjorie Hillis, who was the renegade spinster daughter of the patriarch of the um, 
Plymouth Church of the Pilgrims, which is a historic underground railroad church and happens to be directly behind my apartment. Cool. And so I was listening to an audio book that my agent recommended, which mentioned this book. And so the, um, the subtitle is... Live Alone and Like It, A Guide for the Extra Woman. <laughs> Ooh. And um, the pictures in it are just, the drawings, I guess, are amazing. Awesome. So I may um, add some of those. But I would just like to share some wisdom uh, from Marjorie about crafting okay. and hobbies. Okay. So... For those rare creatures, a few suggestions have occurred to me. Hobbies, for instance. There was a time when a hobby was absolutely de rigueur, though it bore the name accomplishment. In Victorian days, when suitors were expected to keep about two feet away, young ladies used to sew, crochet, and embroider while they were courted, and a very pretty appearance they must have made. But hobbies are antisocial now. Modern men don't like to be sewn and knitted at. And the mere whisper that a girl collects prints, stamps, tropical fish, or African art is, alas, likely to increase her solitude. Oh, my gosh. Um, So Marjorie laying it down in 1936. Holy cow. Wow. Um, I'm triggered. (laughs) Uh, yeah, right? Me too. <laughs> I do not live alone, but I am living that single life. <laughs> it, it, exactly. <laughs> not not the fun one. <laughs> no. You're not hitting so the club every further. night, Molly? <laughs> uh, well, maybe like a knitting club. <laughs> I mean, we're actually sort of going there. <laughs> okay. All right. So in a chapter entitled, Who Do You Think You Are?, <laughs> My goodness, this book is amazing. Oh my gosh, it is amazing. <laughs> and um, here, I, I will just show you all the... Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, okay. doorbell rang. Mm. Mm. I hope my spouse goes downstairs because I'm in the middle of reading. <laughs> Jeremy, please. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Your specialties or hobbies are all very well. We're going to say a lot about them later on. But they're not enough. Every woman should have a smattering of knowledge about practically everything. Ooh, great. I love these these standards. Yes. The half dozen things you may have time to know thoroughly, if you're very ambitious, will amuse and broaden you and make you a better talker. But they will not make you a better companion, which involves being a good listener. So okay, I mean I, fair. Yeah, it is fair, but also your hobbies, man. <laughs> Nobody cares. Which is kind of the whole premise of this podcast. I think it's so, the whole premise of all of our careers that people care about crafts. Oh my gosh! Yes. Cool. Um, <laughs> cool. <laughs> okay. Feeling good. So, yeah. More sage wisdom. You might go in for collecting little china dogs, old bottles, snuff boxes, or even monkeys, 
It's China cats, and yes, I do have old bottles. I well, and I have several monkeys that I've collected. <laughs> <Yeah>. I don't. <laughs> wow. Or you might take up Greek or tap dancing, genealogy, or making jewelry. The idea, as you may gather, is to have some hobbies, but apparently not to talk about them. Uh, okay. So, so, so there's that. I guess I, I guess I see that. Yes. I see that. And this book is filled with case studies of individual women. <laughs> and um, there, there is one who lives a life that I think many of us who podcast and blog and Instagram as their jobs would aspire to. Um, Miss G, who decided to just try some fashion photography, now has her own studio and is a professional photographer instead of a section manager of a newspaper. This is, is she talking about me in a previous life? Yes. Okay. Um, she has doubled <laughs> her acquaintance and tripled her salary. Oh, no. But, not Definitely not talking about me. Nope. <laughs> yes. But far more important than this, her work makes it necessary for her to keep up on modern art, theaters, clothes, and anything else that comes into her field. She is now far more interested and far more interesting than ever before. That is true. Yeah, so I feel like <laughs> mixed messages are truly being sent. I think all I'm hearing is women can't win, but I don't need to jump on that soapbox immediately. <laughs> Come on, 1936. I was, yeah, I'm, the fact that that was 1936 <laughs> and she, like, made that jump to that career. <laughs> oh, that this G. entire book is filled with women who are like, screw this, I'm living alone. <laughs> um, I, but, like, but this, that's... That was a big. That was a big move. Oh, I mean, no, that's a big it, move she now. Was totally yeah. ahead of her time, and yeah. that was. Um, I believe the book I was reading wh- that mentioned it might have been called "The Extra Woman." <laughs> um, but it's. It, she was really far ahead, but she all. It also is really interesting that it's also assumed that you had all of, like the. Handwork needlework mm-hmm. skills. Yeah. Um, that you would have been expected to have in society, even if you weren't like, I'm getting a job in the city. Never mind you. <laughs> um, so uh, in a chapter called Pleasures of a Single Bed, she says, <laughs> next, of course, you'll need negligees. At least two. One warm and one thin. And as many more as you can afford. Do they just have mean pajamas? Robes. Okay. Um, have them tailored or shishi according to your type, but have them becoming. And don't think that four bed jackets are too many if you belong to the breakfast in bed school. A warm one for everyday use and a warm grand one for special occasions. A sheer cool one for summer mornings. And a lacy affair to dress up in. Oh. You can make the last two yourselves out of remnants in practically no time at all. For the others, have one of quilted silk or Shetland wool and another of padded satin or velvet in the shade that makes you most beautiful. Okay, then. All right. So. 
I, I just found that to be a really interesting, like super early, early feminist take that also assumes that you do all these things, but that you right. don't tell anyone about them. Yeah, which is pretty much the opposite of every life now where you <laughs> barely do any of these things, but you tell everyone about it. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And exactly. I'm, so I'm I saying like that Marjorie Hillis would not be photographing bread right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> but she would be secretly making it. Yes. Actually, there's an entire chapter on eh, maybe don't cook. <laughs> or if you cook, here's a, cocktails. <laughs> They're more important. They go with all those robes. <laughs> yeah. And there are also question and answers about etiquettes, including like whether or not you can have a gentleman over for dinner. Like it's a whole thing. Sure. And so I highly, highly recommend scouring your local secondhand shop or old bookstore or even eBay. I think I got mine on eBay because it is so worth it and so delightful and the drawings are amazing and honestly some of the advice is pretty solid <laughs> and i am in love with I, marjorie all right i'm excited and i'm about sure this. that she has some problematic aspects to her i mean certainly she says some problematic things but also wow 1936 friends yeah interesting huh. i have a featherweight from that year cool there you <laughs> go don't tell anyone its name is joyce my grandma was also born that year, also named Joyce. Oh, perfect. The end. Well, <laughs> listening to you talk about all this stuff, I was waiting for that book to get into gardening. I'm sure there's a section on it somehow. This vast pantheon of skills that women are all expected to have and not acknowledge. Oh, I'm sure that flower arranging, I'm sure it's a whole thing. Um... But it's been funny, like, since, I mean, I've, a lot of my energy's gone into, like, moving and things lately, but the one area of creativity that has had me the most excited lately is gardening, because I think it's because it's, we're in a new place, it's spring, and growing plants I have found to be completely comforting during shelter in place, like, feeling like I'm cultivating a little bit of my own food, I can watch it grow, it's helping me actually physically see how long it's been Mm, since this whole business started, because that's when I started some of my plants. Um, And so it's interesting um, where... (laughs) energy comes from for creativity and where you find yourself spending it (laughs) if that makes sense and especially under shelter in place when there's I mean for us we've talked about not having as much time flexibility as we'd love but I have a little more and it's just fascinating what happens when you just start working on what you feel like working on and not being like I should be baking a loaf of bread every week I should Uh be fermenting some kimchi i should be xyz element op um and i think gardening is like a a nice slow space that you have to just go as slow as the plants are growing and i found Mm -hmm. that really comforting and it's also a heck of a lot easier on my hands if i'm not doing landscaping than knitting (laughs) sure no that makes complete sense my house plants and i have a jungle yeah um, have never been happier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The, the biggest thing is um, not overwatering my plants. I'll say that. Yes. <laughs> that is true. I specifically have a schedule mm-hmm. and I'm not allowed to futz with them mm, because smart. otherwise I will. Yeah. 
Just yesterday I set up, I decided to finally do some seed starting with um, some vegetable seeds. Because mm-hmm. um, I have a balcony with a lot of light now. So we'll see how it goes. I've been living in a basement. So this will be an adventure. <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun though. Oh, I think that's great. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, mm. that's all. Well, I like oh. it. I like it. That's good. I I really, really like the feeling of I'm about to repot several things. Yeah. And there's such great satisfaction to me in like mixing perlite into the topsoil and like knowing that you are knowing what you're doing and knowing that what you're doing is going to have visual positive results. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like it feels really good to care for something that's living. And I think it's also that you're cultivating something. Yeah, you are caring for something yeah. that's living. And but it also helps like if you're really anxious, it helps you feel like you have a little bit of a sense of control over yes. some tiny thing, even if it's just your little container garden on the balcony. I don't yeah, know. I know I get very like woo woo lately since I've written this book and do stuff different, but that's how I feel, and it's a good thing that I wanted to talk about. <laughs> that's all. Very I mean, <laughs> once again, girl, witch. Yeah, <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> um, I don't. Uh, I I think all of that is just so satisfying. Yeah, yeah. and it feels so good. Yeah, yeah. Yay! So totally, totally different from gardening but also like this thing where like you just get really excited about an idea uh so you know we we've talked about how the podcast came about because Haley said there should be a podcast like this and i was like yeah let's do it because Haley complained that was <laughs> well <laughs> s- similarly um my friend heather uh was mentioning that it's a real tragedy that there is not a conversion chart for DMC embroidery floss and perler beads because when you cross stitch How isn't there? I right? You would think that there would be. She looked everywhere and I trust her for that. She was like yeah. there really should be. So I was like, "Well, yeah, there should be because perler bead charts or patterns or whatever and cross stitch charts or patterns they work so well together they're so they they work on a grid well they're essentially mm-hmm. the same thing exactly and she was looking to um take a perler bead pattern and make a cross stitched bookmark from it and you know she worked it all out but thought it would just be really handy if there was just a chart for this and I said, yeah, there should be. That would be fun to do. <laughs> As you pull out your card. <laughs> exactly. So guess what I started? Yay. Oh. I love um, that. It's uh, I early days for this right now. But my um, the, the part, the, here's some of the elements that, that go into this for me. First of all, if you want to accurately make a conversion chart, you probably should have the colors like the actual things in front of you not just working on a screen right (laughs) that means that i should own every single color of perler bead i'm okay on the embroidery floss but that means i need every color of perler bead that seems difficult already (laughs) i have a lot already Uh, someone else mentioned that it would also be very helpful to have the hama bead colors in with it 
this becomes a little harder to get the actual colors because I can't just Hama beads are not so much a US thing anymore. Yeah. You know, I used to have them, but so that's I start I start with that. Then we get into some things where perler beads have like your standard version and then you have the pearlescent version. Whoa. Do I chart pearlescent as regular colors, like have them like read as a regular DMC color? Because I don't think you'd want to swap in a metallic there always. I don't know. You could do I'm your best. Su- you could do your best suggestion and like have a yeah. note about it for that section yeah. of the chart. And then there's hmm. like, I mean, aren't there though, like, um, different sheens like i would think the pearlescent would be more a silk shade yeah like a satin thread i don't know if the colors will match up that way so you know you get into some some debate on that (laughs) and then they have um perler beads also have these like striped ones where it's more than one color and i i envision those are cool yeah (laughs) i envision swapping those in for like i didn't know that yeah they're cool um I think that in terms of, like, when you, like, make stuff with them, you can't just, like, swap them in for, you know, in any place on a on a perler bead project because it's it gets very busy. But mm-hmm. I think having that translate to color variations is a thing. So, anyway, I am, like, th- these are the thoughts that go into this conversion chart project that... I am um, so excited. And then, like, the... <laughs> I'm going to start by going, I, I am sorry. I don't even want to use perler beads. And I, it's just so satisfying sounding. I, I want to go like perler bead colors to DMC thread, um, which is a little bit easier because there you can choose like this is the best color match. But then if you wanted yeah, to go. Yeah, I think that's smart. Right. If you wanted to go DMC colors where there's more of them to perler beads, you'd need to go like for all these like six colors here's the one perler bead color that's the best yeah. match but um yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna be working this both ways and i this could be the biggest craziest <laughs> thing that i've ever decided is a good idea you but should I think, just have it be a resource page on your website too. yeah i know once you do that work yeah yeah i think that it's you know it's one of those things that is there will i think there's going to be people looking for it i as soon as i mentioned it even just a little bit um, I had multiple people saying, oh, I hope this is what I think it is. Like when I just yeah. sort of hinted at it. So, But then you yeah. should make swatches with like the actual floss and the perler bead. <laughs> that yeah, sounds that's... like a very easy and quick idea, yeah. but a cool one. <laughs> <laughs> Have I ever, ever been known to be easy and easy and quick about anything? Um, n- no. Um, no, I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to actually say, um, this reminds me of the, discu- the discussion of um, stitch aspect ratio in knitting charts. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. And I, I love it. It's not my like number one needle craft area, as everyone knows. Um, but I'm very excited when we have these incredibly specific things that we're like, but we have to do it correctly because the internet's counting on us. I, don't. <laughs> I mean, I will say that I have used someone who I can't even trace it back to the original creator because it's bounced so many places, but there's a CSS sheet of um, uh, hex codes Mm -hmm. for 
like illustrator design, like color codes yeah. to DMC mm-hmm. um, or the other way around. Yeah. And someone went through and very specifically did all of them that existed at the time that they did that. And it has been invaluable for my design work. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like those resource guides are like more where I'm interested in putting stuff out for free on the internet. Like if I'm just going to build a huge thing and put a ton of time into it because I want to have the guide to like latch hook that exists. That's just like, this is how it's done. No one else has this anywhere. I feel like way more enthusiasm for putting together something boring like that for the craft community than just another blog post with a pattern. Yeah, I don't I know. If, I don't know if I've just been doing this so long that I'm like, we've got to get it correct. Well, or what? <laughs> but it helps beginners. Yeah, like, yeah, it helps make things that would be really intimidating way less intimidating. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think there's something Ooh, like cat, really timeless cat, about that. High. I'm so glad Mr. Big Stuff joined us. <laughs> He's gone now. Okay, of course. because cat. Anyway. Yeah. But especially so like, especially like in a world where like we just found out that the National Needle Arts Association is dissolving, um, yeah, and like the Craft Yarn mm-hmm. Council still exists, so that's great because they have published pattern standards for knit and crochet. But yeah. like, which is great, they don't yet include brioche. I don't, I, I still don't understand why that is. But there's, I don't know anything about the logistics of putting that together. I'm sure it's time consuming and. <laughs> laborious <laughs> um anyway i'm but, sure but like yes. in a world where you know the economy is really uncertain coming up like i think it's even more important for people who actually know what the standards are like at a publishing level to yeah like put stuff out like that yeah it's just oh, time consuming yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. it, but it's also really satisfying mm-hmm. as long as you don't have a hard deadline yeah but also, it never gets done if you don't have a hard deadline. That's exactly <laughs> where I'm a little bit nervous on this project, but yeah. that's okay. Yeah, you better pitch that to somebody quick. <laughs> <laughs> Just like say, like, hey, Perler Beads, hey, DMC, wouldn't you like to support me on this? <laughs> and I mean, they might. I they mean, DMC I has always like been Perler very good might to me. Send you all the colors. Yeah, I mean that's how I have all of the colors of embroidery floss. Is that DMC has mm-hmm. sent it to me more than once because mm-hmm. I've worked yes. with them on things, and so they're um, they're very kind folks. Yeah, so, DMC yeah. and Lion Brand are the two brands that every social media crafter designer person that I know that has worked with them yeah. double thumbs up for both of those. Yep, yep, yep. And I yeah, I've definitely worked with Lion Brand mm-hmm. and have probably worked with dmc there i've got so much floss that i'm unclear where it all came from (laughs) (laughs) i mean writing three cross-stitch books but um yeah they've all just been great yeah so because i seem to be on a really old book mentioning crafts kick (laughs) a listener um and just longtime friend from the internet, uh, Melanie, who is known as Knit Nerd with two T's across most things, sent me a book called The Lace Book once she learned that I was making bobbin lace. She thought I needed to have this book. And it is a beautiful, beautiful old book. And... It turns out it is 
very old. Um, 1904. <laughs> wow. And it's in such good shape. But apparently, Cambridge University Press published this in 1904. And it's just gorgeous. And I am so, so glad to have it. And it also contains a lot of, like, weird lace-related shade. Like, almost gossip. Okay. From 1904. Mm. And so, one of them actually involves a murder plot that is lace adjacent. So I would like to share that with you. <clears throat> yes, please. Okay. So this is from the lace book by N. Hudson Moore and says, everyone knows the sad ending of Mrs. Turner who invented yellow starch and expiated that crime and some others upon Tower Hill. Not only starch was needed to keep these huge roughs lace, obviously, um, in the desired shape. There were setting sticks and struts of either bone or wood, and the poking stick of iron, which, being heated and drawn through the rough, gave it proper arch of pride. This is already excellent, yeah. but I'm a little nervous <laughs> that you it, like introduced this as like murder, and then mm. we've already got bones mentioned. But anyway. I'm getting there. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> Queen Elizabeth no doubt, considered her rough most, or her huge rough, most becoming, and never dreamed that it was whispered about behind her back that she had, quote, the yellowest throat in all England, and wore <laughs> the huge gorget to conceal it. Okay. Okay. So, that's the background of this. Okay. So, the sad ending of Mrs. Turner that was referred to at the beginning is that um, Mrs. Turner, as it turns out, was a murderer. <laughs> she, she invented yellow starch, which was saffron-based. Okay. But she also, as it turned out, was an independent businesswoman and who was... And also, at the same time, it would seem a woman in waiting for a noble woman named Frances Howard, who was in love with someone apparently unsuitable. Uh-huh. Um, Frances Howard was in love with this person. And so, Mrs. Turner, who ran a house of ill repute where... Quote, couples could indulge themselves together in secrecy. And I am quoting from Wikipedia at the moment. Okay. Um, she was also running a lucrative monopoly in the supply of saffron-based starch, which provided the yellow coloring to collars and rough, which was, and roughs, which was then in vogue. Um, Mrs. Turner was therefore well-connected to both the court and less savory sections of London society. And so, when the woman that she was lady-in-waiting for really, really, really wanted to marry this unsuitable gentleman, and a man named Sir Thomas Overbury disapproved of the match, and apparently he was in charge. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> um, Mrs. Turner <laughs> procured... 
love potions for <laughs> Mr. Carr, who is the object oh. of her lady's desire, and also a range of poisons, including arsenic and cantharides yeah. and supplement of mercury <laughs> for Overberry from an apothecary. And those poisons were then included in a selection of tarts and jellies. <laughs> I, and alas, um, this this poor woman who was the inventor of yellow starch was then put to death. Oh, man. In the tower. Okay. But, I mean, literally, this was like an arsenic and old lace moment that she was having <laughs> in there. Literally. And then... Yep. Huh. Yep. So uh, she was hanged on the 15th of November, 1615. And her hangman, not by coincidence, also wore bands and cuffs of the same color. Oh, that's Uh dark. (laughs) So, yeah. Anyway. Wow. Okay, then. I gave my husband a haircut. And I would say, depending on how well that haircut went, (laughs) you should be careful about the jams and jellies. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, uh, about this haircut. Yeah. (laughs) Best transition ever? Heck yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I gave my husband a haircut (laughs) because it it had been about, for him, uh, about eight weeks or so. And um, all oh, of the, I need a haircut. All of his little gray hairs around his hairline were all frizzed out, and I was like, "Honey, I'm really good with scissors. Like, I'm pretty sure I can handle this." <laughs> Honey, I'm <laughs> really good with scissors. <laughs> you might even say it's my job, <laughs> spouse. <laughs> um. Anyway, and it turned out that writing that latch hook book this year was useful, um, because. <laughs> I did a lot of pieces working in three dimensions. So basically, latch hooks, since they're just rugs, it's kind of like making a wig and then styling it. There you go. And so that's what I did with Ed. I trimmed his neck, and then um, with just regular like haircutting shears that I keep around for trimming my bangs, I evened yeah, I out. Them too. I evened out the little like cliff that was created by the clippers. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah. So I officially, I oh, guess, nice. I have to take back my. What kind of prenatal vitamins are you on that you need a haircut during COVID? <laughs> Statement from a couple episodes ago. <laughs> I would just like to say that my bangs now hang over the top of my glasses. <laughs> yeah. I I mean, like I'm full on, like I've got I've got yeah. like a bun in my hair now. And yeah. my hair does fit in a ponytail yeah. at the moment. Like that's it's yeah, it's drastic I mean, over here. To be fair, Heidi, that statement was like just <laughs> only like a couple weeks into yeah. shelter. Place, so now yeah. it's a little different. It is a little. Yeah. Different, I did but, actually you know. need a haircut at that point. Yeah, I, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, but that's because you needed one before this and didn't go get it. Yes, exactly. It had nothing to nope. do. With <laughs> it had everything to do with my bad timing in haircuts. Yes. yes. Oh Same. my goodness, that's really funny. The only thing I mean, I'll, the only thing I'll say about my hair is, boy, am I glad that I am a natural blonde who just gets partial highlights because my hair can grow out and not look nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
yes, I also feel really good that the only part that I die is a blue or green streak, mm-hmm. which needs to be rebleached at the moment. And I have supplies for that. But there's no... I, I ignore it until it gets so long that maybe it doesn't quite exist anymore, and then I do it again. Sure. Well, I, I cut my hair into a shag, like, at the beginning of the year, so I'm kind of like, I think it's supposed to look like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's clean, I don't know. Uh, That's me. I mean, <laughs> shags don't have rules. Yeah. yeah. So I think you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's much okay. more forgiving than the bob. Sorry, I'm rambling now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, that's I mean, the thing. Is you're my, telling me. Yeah, my bob is now bob. just... Yeah. I mean, I wore pigtails the other day because why yeah. not? Um, yeah. No rules. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, well. It's fine. Oh, well. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I'm getting real good at French braiding. I'll save that for a future nice. episode. <laughs> nice. You know, I can French braid, but I have to figure it out from scratch every time. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. And... I don't know why I can't just learn how to do it. And I don't do it right. I can just figure out a way to make it happen. Well, you need the the klutz book of yeah. hair or whatever, because that's how I learned. <laughs> yep, same. <laughs> but think- except for the couple of years in New York when I couldn't afford a haircut and then had butt length hair, I have always had a bob. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a bob or a shaved head, I guess, because I shaved my head a couple times in college. So I've always had short hair. There was never. Yeah. It. it yeah. Yeah. But you're right. I do need that book. Um, I wonder if it still exists. Um, braids and bows. There you go. Oh. I think yeah, I might have I- to order one of these on like for like a dollar on a used book site before an episode where I just talk about how much I'm into hair braiding. <laughs> yeah, because it, it like it came with a whole kit for, for making yeah bows like and scrunchies stuff. or yeah. yeah. Yep. I vividly remember the one um, where it came with like clear plastic because it was the yeah. 90s and you had to make, they looked like bows you would tie with ribbon, but they were clear and you'd just fill them with like beads. I yes. 100% made those. Okay. Absolutely. I'm just going to have to do a whole 90s like yeah. deep dive into Klutz books because that's, yes. my, that's my wheelhouse. I, I am here for that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I also had a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Jewelry making. I had the jewelry making one with the, uh, with, crystals gemstones those were so not that that surprises anyone honestly i think that klutz books are why i became a craft blogger i that would not surprise me at all yeah i could look i could look at these braid books all day Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sorry yeah we've gone on a full tangent now so we have but um it's a good one and it's gonna have to come back for a whole episode or at least a chunk of an episode i'm gonna have to find i'm gonna like just call the way shed since they're closed and be like how many Klutz books do you have on your shelves? I'll pay you 20 bucks for all of them. <laughs> yes, please do. Yeah. I am so into this. So um, I did something that I don't usually do, and this might sound weird because I co-host a podcast, but I don't normally listen to podcasts. Um, that is because <laughs> I do not live alone and like it. Uh, I a whole lot of <laughs> well, people. neither do I. <laughs> it's difficult for me to listen to podcasts because they're constantly interrupted by people who need something or like I, I'm working on things where I can't be listening. Like if I'm writing, I can't listen to a podcast, right? Right. Yeah. So I don't listen to podcasts generally. But when I found out that Mel G, Mel Gedroich 
from who was one of the original hosts of the Great British Bake Off when I found out that yeah. she started a quilting podcast <laughs> called Melgie is Quilting. I lost it and I was like, I must listen to this. So yes. I've been listening to that and um I, I'm putting this in at the end of this podcast because I don't want anyone to like leave this episode <laughs> and immediately go start listening to Mel. But um if you ever watched the Great British Bake Off you like immediately flashback. You can picture her because she's and she's her voice is so soothing and she co-hosts it with a guy named Andy Bush, who I wasn't familiar with before this, but he also seems super charming, really enjoyable to listen to. And the entire idea of this podcast is they are making a quilt together. They are doing Aww. English paper piecing squares and they're like She's done a little bit of quilting. He really hasn't so much. And they're mm -hmm. following up along with a book that is kind of like their their guide to this. And that's adorable. It yeah. is. It's really, really sweet. And um, it's it's soothing to listen to. And um, I, the only thing is, it's also, very, I mean, they're funny. They're very yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, the only thing is, and I want to be cautious in how I say this, because truth be told, I would be delighted i would be so fangirly if mel ever listened to this podcast <laughs> yes. i don't expect that would happen but you know hey it could in a weird she might world. be a very serious crafter she's got a quilting podcast yeah, exactly yeah, i mean you never know you never know hi so yeah we like you mel i absolutely love you <laughs> and you seem great as well but here's the thing as i listen to this as a quote very serious crafter there's times when i like tense up and because like they're doing things where I'm like, oh, what are you doing? I Why is this happening? And Because they're like learning things as they go. And they're making like an English, English paper piece in quilt, but they're using um, like a variety of fabrics from like shirts and bags and things. And there's times when I'm like, oh, no, this is not going to go well for you. And I'm like going, stop, you're causing it. You're going to have a problem. And like using like uh velvet and <laughs> like faux leather and like there are some quilts like that at the um american folk art museum you though. know and i know if you think about like like soldier quilts yeah and like crazy quilts often would use those i hate like, them I <laughs> <laughs> okay let's save that because we could have a whole conversation about crazy i quilts think someday. we have I, had a whole conversation I, about it's that. i they they i don't know they almost stress me out or something but um but the thing is to to try and like hand sew these little patches of all these fabrics, it just feels like a nightmare to me. <laughs> um, and I, at times you hear them experiencing that where they're like, oh, this is actually really difficult. And like, um, yeah, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a reason why people often use, you know, say, quote, quilting cotton uh, to make quilts because it's easier. Yeah. But it's. Um, I, I'm telling you. I kind of love hearing it in real time, though. It is. Like, hearing the process of someone learning in real time. Yeah. Like, it might be stressful if you are skilled at that, but it would also be really reassuring if you weren't. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, the, the thing that is, like, having done what they are doing is I want to help them. I mm -hmm. think that's the part. And even, yeah. like, yes, Mel has done more of this than... Andy has. And so there's times when she like goes, oh, here, let me just do that for you. And that's exactly <laughs> why I'm not invited to their 
quilting sessions <laughs> because that's what I would uh-huh. do. But um, but now it's like, it's just, it's so charming. And like over the course of a like 35 minute episode, they will have made like three or four little squares only. Like they're just, they're taking it at a nice, enjoyable pace. And which means that this podcast will go on forever at this pace. I will tell mm-hmm. you that. But it's <laughs> Are they making like, hexagons? No, they're making squares. Oh. They're making like... I think like two inch squares. I think five centimeters, I think is what they said. Oh, it's so going to be inches. a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because they're just I'll... tacking and like basting them right now. So I mean, I imagine like though how relaxing that must be to just be doing that for fun. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and have it not matter when it's finished. I know. Such a novel idea. <laughs> I, I don't understand. Anyway, um... Yeah, I, I I can't recommend it highly enough. Please don't stop listening to our podcast because you listen to them, though. Please. Yes. There's there's so there's so many so many good podcasts to listen to. You there can are. listen to them all. Yeah. It's true. I have already subscribed, though I have not yet. Yeah, this sounds amazing. Um, Maybe I'll listen to it while I garden. That sounds great. I yeah. like that. Yeah, that would work really well. That might be the thing. I'll need to have a podcast for gardening, a podcast for a different one. I like yeah. this plan. Thank you, plan. Molly. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm here Life to help. Sorted. Yay! <laughs> oh my goodness. But not with your quilting if you're using velvet. That's oh. right. I'm not touching that. <laughs> There's a lot of velvet in the quilt at the Folk Art Museum. I mean, that's yeah. pretty. A lot. A corduroy. Mm. Like, why? I... Expensive, I guess fabric so they thought they should save it well i mean it's, I, it's definitely scraps yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah. um anyway uh, yeah. i will not have a seizure okay good good plan <laughs> we don't want that, don't want that. <laughs> no uh but i think we should wrap this okay. up <clears throat> so thanks for listening to the very serious crafts podcast you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Serious Crafts and on Facebook at Very Serious Crafts. You can also find show notes and all things Very Serious Crafts at VerySeriousCrafts.com. How about that? Yes, right? <laughs> and finally, if you're a fan of the Very Serious Crafts podcast, please leave us a five-star review on whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Good ratings help us show up in recommendations, which helps more people who love crafting find us. And also, it just really makes our day, especially if you say something. <laughs> it does. And I mean, Those are fun. It, it's fine if, if you don't have anything to say, but, you know, you could just say hi. I mean, yeah, we like it when you say hi, like, we do on social media or anything. I mean, when you tell us stories about how we just started randomly talking in your workplace, for example, <laughs> I it happens. It it does. It does. Yeah. So yeah, and I I will never. I promise to never get tired of people telling me about their hamster sweater moments, even though that's yeah. the main thing I hear about this podcast. That's funny. <laughs> 
I mean, I guess that sort of has become the running theme. If you go back and listen, it just at least for season one and two. It was the first episode Heidi was on. Yeah, it's like episode it two, right? Yep. Well, I was I was nervous and I was like, what is my best story for crafts? It's that such one. a good story. <laughs> and it has proven to be the best. So it, it works out. <sighs> well, thank and you. And on that note, yes, shall we uh, carry on with I, our lives? I think we shall. Yep. All Thanks right. for listening, friends. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Yes. Bye. Bye.